AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldis.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Brandon Nutting. Brandon is the Director of Data Science and Advanced Analytics at MVP Index. Brandon, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. So Brandon, let's start with yourself. Can you walk us through your background, where you first got started in technology, some of the roles that you've held along the way, um, what got you interested and, and take, take us up to where you first joined MVP. Sure, it's definitely a non-traditional path for me. So I, uh, I started out um, in undergrad. I, uh, I came back, I sort of came up through the advertising and public relations space, so in the media space. And uh, I did my undergrad in uh, strategic communication, which is advertising public relations with a minor in business. And I was working for the computer science program at the time. So I was doing help desk support for computer science. And uh, I got pretty interested in working on research with a professor there in the College of Journalism. And he was doing a combination of psychology research that required a lot of advanced computing knowledge. So he was doing uh, physiological data. So he was hooking up sensors to your body and looking at how you respond to media messages. And I really liked the marriage between computer science and the big data elements and psychology. And so he left and went to another university, took me with him for a master's degree. I wound up getting a PhD from that university and uh, thought I was going to be an academic. So I started as a, an academic in higher ed. Uh, I was at the University of Nebraska and I uh, heard from a friend from grad school that MVP Index is looking for somebody that can handle big data and was thinking about it from a, a different perspective of how how we think about it in sports. And uh, I did some consulting work for them and most of the stuff that I did, they uh, they really liked. And so they invited me to come on full time. So I took that role in March. I started nice. as a director in March. Great, so I appreciate you talking us through that and quite an organic flow to where you are now, just following interests. Um, so tell us about MVP Index for anyone not familiar with the organization. Who are sure. you guys? What are you doing? What industry are you playing in? And, and what makes you so cool? Sure. So they MVP Index started as a, a social tool. So it started out with a the idea of if we're posting things online on behalf of brands, how do we know what kind of value is being driven for those posts? So we have some idea in traditional television space, how much a 30 second commercial costs. Those have been set for many, many years. But in the social space, if I sign a deal with a brand and I'm a famous athlete of some kind and I start putting my content out there, how do we decide what that's worth? So we developed a tool that would allow brands as well as properties to come into the tool and see automatically what that kind of content is worth. And so it takes on um, artificial intelligence scanning for imaging images and video. So it not only determines if I post on behalf of a brand and I mention the brand, it finds those brand mentions, but it also scans for logos and determines when those logos are placed in images. Because we all know in social media, the majority of the time it's images and video. 
And so it pulls that in and determines what the value for those posts are based on uh, how popular those posts are, how popular the person who posts them are, um, and then uh, determines that for the brands and properties. And then we've started to move into the broadcast space. So doing a very similar thing, only now we're looking at if your brand is in the background of an NFL football game or a major league soccer game, how much is that actually worth for the, the property, the team, the brand itself, uh, many clients like that, and we kind of play on all sides. So we want to be a universal truth for measurement in that space so that we can both work for the brand as well as the property who signs deals with the brands. Uh, that way they feel comfortable about the valuation from both sides. So this has a, such a significant impact on how marketing advertising um, will spend the, the dollar and how they equate to it. Can you talk about traditional models and how technology like this is is causing such a huge disruption and the implications that it's going to have for uh, future marketing and advertising? Absolutely. So the, the big thing is the last piece. So anytime you put together an advertising campaign, the last piece is measurement. And we have to know what the actual value is worth. So it's one thing for us to put out all this great creative and then we, we put it out in the world. And then, of course, we hope that translates to things like brand awareness or purchase intent, things of that nature. But we still had a hard time understanding and quantifying actual value. So if I spend X amount of dollars in a space for advertising, how do I know that I'm getting a good return on investment? It's something that the field has always struggled with. And we've come to a, sort of an acceptance point of like, well, we're never really going to know the answer. And that's where we can step in because we can start to quantify the answer based on a lot of knowns. So we know how much it costs to buy an ad on Facebook, right? So if we are, if we have all of that data, then we can know what something is worth if it's also in the social space because we can translate that to what we what it would cost us to buy that. And so that's another, the tech allows us to use machine learning to understand if we're making a specific amount of buys and we're understanding what those buys cost us based on things like the amount of likes or the amount of retweets or the amount of engagement, we can use machine learning to understand the value on the other side of that. And so that's how technology is giving us an ability to understand value much better in social media as well as on the broadcast side. Amazing. Amazing. Can you give us a, a recent example or a project that you are particularly excited about where uh, a customer came to you with a need and you were able to demonstrate this in, and, and what impact it had to them? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things is uh, sort of, if you want to call it this, like Upstart League, the United Soccer League. And so they came to us and they said, you know, we have all these teams, they're getting some television coverage, they have a streaming deal. Um, they have their partners that they're all selling to for uh, for each team. How much are those partners getting in value for being associated with each of those teams, knowing that it's a relatively small league, but there are still people watching it. And so we were able to give them an idea of how much each of the sponsors are, are getting in value from each team, as well as give a league roll up for league partnerships. So we can say, if you're associated with the USL, here's the amount of value that's being driven in each of the games all the way through. And then they can make some decisions as far as renewing contracts for the media space or renewing contracts with those individual partners based on those reports that we're providing to them for value. That's huge because there's a little, like, as you touched on previously, there was so much money spent on this space. Um, without knowing the ROI and being able to give this granular level of, of spend value 
it's going to have huge implications for future marketing budgets but it's also going to disrupt quite a few maybe old school organizations who were trying to give some you know very high level uh, metrics onto to where spend is going can you give us some insight into how you see the industry continue continuing to evolve you know as as mvp plays such a pivotal role in in disrupting this space sure so one big thing is when you think about traditional broadcast measurement where are the eyes actually going you know the the big players in the space assume that the the linear television is is king that everybody is watching linear television and that's true but if you look at one of the examples that we use in some of our material is if you look at the amount of people who watched the nba finals uh this past year and you, i can't remember the numbers off the top of my head but if you compare that to the number of people who viewed the instagram posts that were made by lebron james right after the finals it's far more than the viewership for the actual game itself so being able to measure holistic spaces not just being stuck in that linear television model uh, would, gives you a more holistic view of what value is being driven, not just in the linear space, but also in the social space, the digital space. You've got OTT platforms. There's all these different places that eyes can go. And a lot of the, the traditional players are really stuck in just the linear model. And not only that, the way that they they actually look at those numbers is is a little bit old school. You have a little bit of technology, but you also have like surveys and you have a lot of estimations in that space. And there's ways to improve that where we're looking at actual behavioral data for linear television broadcasts, because it's very rare that people just sit down and watch the entire game. They're flipping around, they're changing channels, they're doing something else, they're looking down at their phone, they're tweeting as well, they're looking on Instagram, and you're not capturing any of that with traditional linear television measurement models. Absolutely. So looking internally, then you you came on board in March of 2020 on, on a full time capacity. Uh, can you talk us through what it's been like in, in almost your first year now? Obviously, we had the huge disruption with COVID, but, you know, your role leading data science and advanced analytics. Can you give us some insight into what happens behind the scenes? What's a day to day for the team and you know how you guys helped organizations pivot with with the likes of, of COVID disruptions? Well, I can tell you one big change going from higher ed to the industry space has been speed. Uh, in higher ed, things just move so slow. It's one of the reasons why I was willing to walk away from higher ed is just how slow things move. Things move at a much faster pace. As far as COVID goes, I actually, we went remote the week that I started. So I have never been in an office when I've worked for this company. And we've we've done a pretty good job of figuring that space out you know it's not ideal there's obviously problems associated with it but we've we've figured it out we have uh we have a lot of zoom calls we kind of get some zoom fatigue but uh i think we're in a good spot as far as getting our task management systems online so that we're very good about being able to have full visibility of what all's going on and what we're trying to achieve uh and just there's been a lot of great communication and as far as the day-to-day -day space, I kind of split my time between the programmatic style things that we need to do. So we're working on taking some of those data inputs that I kind of described earlier and building models off of them, as well as thinking about ways that we can innovate that space. So we also take in stuff like live play-by-play -play feeds from uh, Sport Radar, and we're looking at how that can be associated. Those data points can be associated with valuation so we can determine you know, one of the things that we kind of say as a, as a hierarching idea is 
can we take play-by-play data and understand like does a home run change the way that uh, the value is by what's shown on screen right so if you hit a home run obviously we know what that looks like if you're a baseball fan you know what happens on screen and so we can see like which brands are more visible at that time so we're trying to innovate spaces like that to get better more precise measurement in in much faster time periods um and so i split my time between working on those kinds of programmatic pieces and working on data streams and how we can make them work together and build models and then i split with the client work we get a lot of requests. We have a, lot, a couple of NFL teams. We have a lot of MLS teams, NBA teams. Basically, we have teams in the big five sports. And so they have various things that they're looking for as far as monthly reporting or uh, like I talked about earlier, the USL League is an entire league report for a wrap up of their entire season. We have some NFL clients who didn't make the playoffs. So we're working with them on getting some of their stuff out so they can have the uh, the understanding of what their value was so they can go to their sponsors and discuss renewals. They can discuss maybe selling different assets. So in the era of COVID, one of the things that we noticed is there's a lot of make goods happening in the advertising space where a brand signed on for X amount of visibility, but they're obviously not getting that because there aren't people in the stands. So how are those brands or how are those properties or teams allowing for more spaces for those advertisers to be seen. And so we're looking at ways to measure those assets to help them out. Um, Like the NFL's TARP, we put out some reports on how well the TARPs have been to give visibility. So we're working on some of that client work uh, as well as working on the programmatic pieces on the day-to-day. So it's quite complex um, and obviously very exciting. Can you talk to us about the transition from academia to industry obviously speed is is one part but you know looking back now on almost your first full year what were the biggest challenges that you faced um what have you enjoyed most about it and finally what advice could you offer for others who are considering such a switch yeah oh man the challenges like the speed one just comes up so readily right because i mean it's just so different the breakneck pace you know in higher ed we'll sit down write out a project and say all right we're going to get this done this semester and those kinds of projects are expected within a week or two in this space like we've got to move we got to move um so that was a pretty big challenge the other of course is is sort of the covid role where you know i've never stepped foot in the office for this company technically so making sure that I'm able to to communicate what we're trying to do and understand what we're trying to do. Sometimes you really do miss that standing in a room in front of a whiteboard and drawing out exactly what we're trying to do, right? And that you can't can't replicate that through Zoom calls, Microsoft Teams calls, right? It's difficult. And so figuring out how to work around that has been a bit of a challenge. I will say as far as a pro goes, you know, you're working on one of the things that I loved about being an academic. I love doing the research. I love collecting data. I loved analyzing giant data sets and getting an answer. And when you think about higher ed, you might do one of those kinds of projects a semester, an 18 week period. And so you get an answer once per 18 weeks. But in data science, I'm getting answers nearly daily. Uh, I get a data set I've got to work through for a client where they need to know like which sponsors are the most valuable or which ones were visible the most on camera in this particular space. And I get that answer right away. Um, and that's pretty neat. Um, working through different projects, we uh, one of the things that we're working toward is minute to minute viewership for linear television. 
So it's a challenge. We have the data, but in order to get it in such a way to understand, to see every minute of how that works, we have to do a lot of work to get it there. And so being challenged to, to get that done and figure out how to get that to work and then build it into a product. It's just neat to see it all the way through. Um, and as far as advice, it's just if you're there's a lot of <laughs> this, is, this is a little bit difficult, but there's a lot of challenges with higher ed. Uh, I think that I was convinced that I was set to be an academic my entire life. And I will say that there are positions out there that that can give you the same kind of fulfillment as higher ed. Uh, without being in that area. And this has definitely been one of them. I've been very excited to do this kind of work, to be able to innovate, to think about different challenges that are coming up and how we would solve them, and then do them so quick, just rapid paced of, okay, today's a new challenge. Here's how we've got to figure it out. And so I think as far as a skill that I would think about, it's it's problem solving. If you are one of those people that loves to solve problems and you can, in using data or whatever whatever space that you're looking at potentially being in, problem solving is, is something that I'm doing almost every day, many times per day. And sometimes those problem solving things turn into like products. And that's just a really cool feeling. Very cool indeed. So, Looking ahead, obviously 2020, incredibly challenging year. Um, a big part of what you're you're doing is helping customers modernize their spend, particularly in the light of all the challenges that COVID faced. What does 2021 look like for MVP Index? What are you most excited about, and what what growth can you expect across your your data team in order to to serve the the growing customer base? So 2021, we're really moving more into the broadcast space. You know, we're known as a social tool, but we are definitely more than that. And we're now a holistic valuation tool. So we're we're definitely making the push in 2021 to be more broadcast focused and then building that into the product. So right now you can, for the social space, you can log in and see all of this stuff in real in near real time as far as when social posts happen. And so in the broadcast space, we're we're looking at ways to make a, a similar experience. And so we want you to be able to log in, see the value for your brand, see all the logo detections for your brand uh, from a broadcast standpoint. So that's really what 2021 looks like for us. And uh, it's really early, but a lot of the things that we're discussing is is basically scaling up. You know, we're ready to to get into the broadcast space. We think we have a very strong product in that area. We have some features that some of the the legacy products just are not gonna be able to offer. And so we think we're gonna start signing some pretty significant clients and and scaling up our workforce on the data side because we have a lot of different data streams that we're working with and we're just barely tapping into the full potential of them. You know, we have, there's very disparate streams. I talked about the sport radar element, um, the data that we're producing as far as the logo detection value, uh, all these different data sets that we can marry together that we we just we've got a couple of them going and, we, and it's doing really well. But now we're looking and going, how can we make it even better? How can we take that data and and give our clients even more information that they can use to do these kinds of negotiations and ad buys? So, Brandon, final one for me, then very exciting times ahead. Lots of grow in store. Can you give us some insight into what that growth looks like internally for your data team? You know, what are the skill sets and, and roles that you see coming in the next 12 to 18 months? Uh, and when you look at the, the candidate pool, what's important to you? What type of people do you think would work well in MVP? What, what do you look for on their backgrounds? 
Yeah, definitely. So the 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 types of people that work well, we, I kind of touched on it earlier, are people who know that you're going to be working on many, many different things, that you're not going to be stuck on one area. And the ability to be flexible about today you're working on X, tomorrow you're working on Y, as far as in the data space, that's going to be super important for us. The people who who do really well at MVP are the ones that are they're self-motivated. They understand that the the sort of end game goals and they're working toward them on a, in a programmatic fashion. And they know that every day is going to be a little bit different. As far as specific skills, we a lot of our development stuff is done in Python. So having the ability to code in Python, they don't have to be product development style coders. The way that we kind of operate is we we want to on the data side, we want to kind of come up with a, a working product that that's pulling in the data streams and doing the types of things that we want to do. And then we go to the development team and say, here's the working demo of it. Here's what, what it needs to do. Here's a rough, rough kind of working together Python of it. And then they take that and they code it into a much more stable product that we wind up putting into the, the final solution of what we're doing. And so Python coding is essential. Um, understanding machine learning algorithms and how they all work, you know, it depends on the level. So we've talked about hiring people at all levels, depending on sort of what the needs are at the time. You know, at the junior level, understanding what all those types of platforms are, how they work, what they're actually achieving. Uh, so more of a theoretical basis. They don't necessarily have to have have put together all these different learning styles or anything like that, but they need to understand why they exist and what they're for. And then at the senior level side that we're probably going to be doing later on, it's an ability to get together with other people that have maybe different types of knowledge that they do or different solutions based problems uh, that they can bounce ideas off of each other and maybe come up with a solution that is novel. I mean, that's the, the piece that we spend a lot of time doing. A lot of the stuff we do is really, really hard to do. So we're constantly trying to figure out ways to make it work. Um, and having somebody who's got some knowledge in, in some specific areas, but is really good at bouncing ideas back and forth of how we could do it. Like, here's a way we could do this. Here's a way we could try this. And then sitting down and actually hacking it together, getting it to work, seeing if it works. Um, those are the kinds of, of skill sets that we're going to be looking to to employ here in the future. Yeah, well, listen, we appreciate you coming on and talking to us. It, it sounds like an, an incredible space that uh, has huge potential. Um, and clearly, the more people who start to analyze their advertising and marketing spend, everyone needs to be aware of what you guys can do. And I'm sure it's only going to continue to grow over time. Very exciting times ahead. So thank you for coming on, talking to us about the journey thus far, your own background. And we certainly look forward to seeing what you guys can do in, in 2021. Thanks for having me. Yeah, 2021 looks very, very bright. AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aulis offer an exec search program. Aulis can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. Get the Aulis advantage. Become a member of the Aulis community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all those members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career, and more. Become an Aldous member and get the Aldous advantage. 
For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldus.com. That's www.aldus.com. Aldus International, empowering through AI.